Hello and welcome to Always Write, the very first episode. I'm your host, Jake Bronger. Before we get started, let me try and give you a little idea of what you can expect with this show. You see, I'm not like Rachel Maddow. I'm not like Jon Stewart. I'm not like Bill Maher. Me? Well, I'm always right. You think we're stupid? This liberal will be all about socializing, uh, uh, basically taking over and the government running all of your companies. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you got business, you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. But we have to pass the bill. We have to have to pass the bill. We have to pass the bill. But we have to pass the bill so that you can. Uh, Find out what is it. Uh, I just noticed that uh, I, I dropped the gun. Taking a look at the news this last week, uh, we had uh, disgraced and, well, now former uh, Governor Elliot Spitzer of New York announced that he and his wife are ending their marriage. And of course, that's very, very sad. Uh, to which blind Governor David Patterson admitted that even he saw this coming. This may be, of course, due to the governor's buy-it-before-you-try-it attitude, uh, although I wouldn't want to speculate any further than that. Coming out of the LA Times this last week, a question asked, can the eyes of photographed crime victims help authorities spot their victimizers? And according to new research, uh, high-resolution photographs can be mined for hidden information. Specifically, the author said that photographs of faces can reveal enough visual information on bystanders to identify them. Now, personally, I'm not so sure if this is something the NSA wants to start using, as most people will recognize that it was Obama who stole their insurance. You like your insurance? You can keep your insurance. Uh, Also in the news, Mayor Michael Bloomberg was overheard boasting of his administration's success while in office stating that they literally saved more than 9,200 lives in the last 12 years. Uh, President Obama responded by one-upping the former mayor by reminding us that he literally did nothing to win a Nobel Peace Prize. So, victory goes to him. Also in the news, Anderson Cooper discussed his mother's book and her interest in cunnilingus. I don't have a joke for that one. Uh, U.S. Border Patrol arrested a 12-year-old illegal immigrant smuggling 80 pounds of marijuana from Mexico into Texas. Uh, After extensive measuring, authorities informed Congressman Steve King of Iowa that his calves were only the size of grapefruit. Had they been bigger, who knows? Uh, Maybe he gets away. No, I I kid the congressman. 80 pounds. That's impressive. For a 12-year-old? He's getting a scholarship. You just watch. Uh, First Lady Michelle Obama would be turning the big 5-0 next month. Uh, She'll be turning 50 years old. And uh, uh, early happy birthday to her. According to the Chicago Tribune, um, guests for her party are being told to wear comfortable shoes, uh, eat before they go, and uh, practice their dance moves. Now, who's invited and who will entertain remain under wraps. However, Hall of Fame basketball player Patrick Ewing said he wouldn't miss his twin sister's birthday for the world. That's sweet. Family's important. 
Uh, in international news, Saudi officials uh, upset with the Obama administration's handling of the nuclear Iran situation have sta- stated that they've been stabbed in the back by Obama. Uh, interesting, the same uh, member, uh, the spokesperson from the Saudi royal family also said, had they just instead had their hands cut off, they would understand as they did steal some White House pens during the last visit. Uh, interesting news coming up for 2016. Uh, three new polls show that uh, Governor Chris Christie and uh, Hillary Clinton are in a statistical tie if elections uh, were held today, uh, to which one Hillary Clinton uh, spokesperson commented in frustration, who does she have to eat to get a bump here? Good question, good question. Uh, and, of course, good news broke out uh, just uh, a couple of days ago that A&E will allow for Papa Phil to stay with the program Duck Dynasty. Of course, President Obama sent chills everywhere when he released the following statement, if you like your Duck Dynasty, you can keep your Phil Robertson. Okay, we got a great rest of the show for you today. We have State Representative Don Pettengale of Iowa here to talk about the goings-on in the swing state, and also a couple of experts here to talk about the uh, potential culture war that is the Duck Dynasty debacle and how that became so popular uh, on both sides of the aisle. Stick around. This episode of Always Right could have been sponsored by Sam Adams Beard, because I drink it and they're still not paying me for it. All right, now we're here with uh, State Representative Don Pettengill, uh, who's currently serving out her fifth term in the State House. And uh, there was a reason why I chose uh, Don to uh, be a part of our first episode of Always Right, uh, besides the fact that uh, I know she is a rock star for uh, the folks in Benton and Iowa County, but um, she... Uh, She's part of a swing state, and and in Des Moines, it's also a split government with a Republican House, a Democratic Senate, and a Republican governorship, and uh, and somehow they make it work. And so, uh, uh, Don, first off, thanks for thanks for being a part of the the very first show of Always Right. I'm really proud you asked me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, Well, let's just jump right in because I think uh, something that not everybody knows about you that is really interesting to me. Um, is that you were elected to the Iowa State House in 2004 as a Democrat, and after a few years, you changed party affiliation to the Republican Party. Uh, could you tell us why that is? In 2007, the Democrats took the House, the Senate, and the governorship, and uh, a lot of the special interest groups that may have been more extreme uh, started pushing their agendas, and uh, some of them just didn't fit with my district, which is a real uh, conservative district, even though, even though there are good Democrats in the district. They're mainly uh, fiscally conservative and socially conservative. So uh, the some of the fringe things that was happening didn't really fit with my district, and I was trying to hold the line there. Uh, the specific issue that uh, made me decide to change was uh, Iowa's right to work. There was a bill that would have changed Iowa from a right to work state to what they called a fair share state. And uh, I wasn't willing to be the one vote that killed Iowa's right to work. And uh, the leadership just was not taking my no answer. And um, so I ended up switching parties. 
Okay. Well, and I know that, uh, you know, I'm be, me being from Western Iowa, that right to work is something that uh, uh, people on the left and the right are very proud of. Uh, we, we think it does give us an edge in the Midwest. That's right. It's a really good economic development tool. Okay. Well, uh, I want to talk about something that the Iowa Republican reported on, and that was that the 2013 legislative session, the one that we just had, uh, experienced a stalemate early on with the Republican House and Democratic Senate, but eventually compromises were reached, and the session turned out to be one of the most successful in history. Now, uh, we have a split government here in Washington, D.C. What can they learn from Iowa's example? How are you guys able to uh, uh, make things work? We do look at D.C. Uh, in, a, in a way that we think we could give them some answers, so appreciate, <laughs> you, appreciate you asking me this. Um, a lot of times I think it's because uh, we don't question the motives of each other. Uh, in our House and Senate ethics rules, we aren't allowed to question the motives. We look at each person and their district and uh, respect their right to represent their district the way that the people put them there. So uh, when we come across different things that uh, and usually it's not even a Republican Democrat thing. It's more a rural versus urban uh, here in Iowa. And we get along because we can see that someone that represents a college town is going to have a lot different constituency than one that represents a, a rural area like I have. Okay. And well, and I, and I think that is something that, that does get, uh, you know, lost in translation a little bit in Washington, D.C., is that, uh, you know, not everybody's being treated with respect. And, and, yeah, I mean, for example, I've got friends on the left and the right, and although I might disagree with some of my friends on the left, I, I think that they have very sincere ideas, and uh, some of them work, not all of them. And, uh, but I'm going to always treat them with respect because, you know, uh, there's no, nobody had, no party has the monopoly on good ideas. Well, we started out with, you know, you start out and you state your your stand, and so everyone knows what's on the table. And then as a session goes along, and we have argument, we're like a big family. We have arguments, and uh, but at the end, we know that we're there for Iowa, mm -hmm. and we're going to make things happen for Iowa, and. Uh, you may have to let go of something. You could lessen your stand on something. And that's pretty much the way we operate. At the end, we do our job. Okay. Well, tell me about uh, this upcoming session, 2014. What are some of the uh, kind of uh, policy goals that uh, you have set forth? Well, we're really, we're really excited. We're the good news state, actually. Uh, a couple years ago, we started the Taxpayer Trust Fund, and that was for uh, income taxes and sales taxes that came in that were greater than what we budgeted in the prior year. Uh, we send the money back. We created this fund, and so rather than just keeping it and spending it, we uh, will get it back to the people. Mm -hmm. Well, the last few years, we've collected quite a bit more than uh, we budgeted, and we've met the needs of our people, so it's not like we're uh, cutting 
cutting uh, necessary services. Mm -hmm. um, so we're looking forward to some income tax reform this year, and we're floating some balloons up to see how that's going to uh, go with the people. And, uh, you know, initially there was a lot of people that said, just keep the money. But every every time that we kept money, it just increased the budget from one year to the next. And it's been pretty successful the way we're working it. And uh, so I'm hoping that we get some good income tax reform done and get more money back into the pockets of the people here in the state. And they can spend it how they want and, you know, just keep our economy going. Okay. Oh, great. Well, uh, I also wanted to uh, get, uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, this charity that you work with um, and talking about, you know, taking care of uh, people, some necessary services. And I feel like the left uh, too often uses a tax that um, conservatives don't care about people. And you've done an amazing job uh, representing the, uh, the fill the plate telethon. You've really been the champion with the, uh, the Heritage Area Agency on Aging. Uh, say that five times fast. Um, but uh, last year, um, the group provided over 388,000 home delivered meals to low income seniors in Lynn County, Johnson County, Benton County, Cedar County, Jones County, Johnson County, Iowa County and Washington County. Um, could you talk a little bit? Uh, you, you got me involved. I, I did. I did what I could. Could you? Could you uh, talk to you know the other listeners? Uh, let them know how they can get uh, more involved as well. Well, uh, when you're talking about uh, the federal government, the reason why we had to get involved was because the funding had been the same for 16 years. And this was our Meals on Wheels, so your most uh, vulnerable population of people that can't get out of their house and they've served their communities their whole life. And uh, also the senior dining sites. So when uh, we saw 83,000 meals were gonna be cut because 16 years, the same dollars coming in, of course, prices and transportation costs, have risen quite a bit in that amount of time. So uh, we're just, it's not like you can have a steak fry to take care of the problem. So <laughs> I had this idea of having a telethon and went around and begged our uh, KCRG, which is an awesome TV station. They gave us five hours of airtime, all their producers, their equipment, and then we uh, got talent and tons of volunteers and uh, lined up the phone bank with firemen and policemen and soldiers and legislators and uh, different sponsors. And it turned out to be a lot of fun. And so now this is our second year. And uh, we've raised uh, about $270,000, wow. which at five dollars a meal it you know we've we've built some plates right but uh we still have a really big need and uh we don't see that washington is coming together and giving any more money to this program so we still need uh the public help you know uh, we're trying to do a public private partnership here and uh it's working out pretty good it also uh brought out some of the uh, needs for volunteers 
just created a lot of awareness of what the challenges are of these people. So I appreciate you giving me a chance to bring it up. <laughs> well, and how can people, uh, wh where, where do they have to look for online to, uh, to find out where they can start donating money? Uh, it's uh, plate, And there's a use form that you can fill out there, everything from $5 to big money, but $5 will feed a person for a day. Um, don't want to discount that. If you give up a Starbucks <laughs> one day, you can, you can uh, help fill a plate for a senior. Okay. Well, great. Hey, uh, Don, uh, thanks so much for uh, being a part of the show. Uh, it was great, and I, I hope more people will get involved because, uh, you know, the seniors took care of us when we were growing up. It's time that we uh, uh, take care of them when they're in need. That's right. All right. Thank you. We're going to have uh, the Committee on Intelligence up next to uh, debate the uh, Duck Dynasty uh, debacle. Uh, and uh, stick around. We've got some good stuff. Remember to like us on Facebook to ask Facebook questions and follow us on Twitter to ask Twitter questions. This episode of Always Right also could have been sponsored by Kunze de Kunze, a new fragrance from Matt Coons. Open shirt, ocean breeze, sensuality. Kunze de Kunze. Okay, and we're back for this next segment called the Committee on Intelligence, where we've got a couple of uh, political experts here to talk with me about the uh, Duck Dynasty uh, debate. Uh, first up is uh, Mitch Christmer, who has uh, worked as a political analyst for Republican governors and Senate candidates. Uh, he now works in the public sector for a nonpartisan federal agency, so that's too bad for him. But uh, his professional emphasis has always been on international and environmental issues. Uh, so he's uh, coming with uh, a lot of cred credentials so far. Uh, and uh, James Molina uh, is our other guest here and uh, graduate of the University of Colorado, uh, where he uh, soon after that, he went to go work in the United Kingdom in London uh, and uh, eventually got a, another degree in foreign policy from the University of Denver. Uh, he has uh, since worked on congressional campaigns in Iowa and is now living in Crested Butte as uh, uh, working in marketing for a lodging and property management group. Uh, and uh, he, he wanted me to mention this, uh, it was up for debate earlier, that he hates a warm toilet seat. Uh, and so uh, thank you guys for both being here. Yeah, thanks I, for having us, Jake. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> well, let's jump right in because Duck Dynasty took up so much of the news uh, this uh, last couple of weeks uh, leading up towards Christmas and uh, as we enter the new year. Um, it has uh, Papa Phil is being reinstated by A&E. But, um, you know, obviously there was a lot of talk all over the news about his suspension. So, Mitch, let me start with you, because as a conservative, you're, you're probably smarter than James is. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the left has long claimed to be the party of open mindedness and tolerance. Um, you know, is this just the hypocrisy of the left or are they actually making a point here? Uh, well, I don't know if you if we can call it hypocrisy or rather irony, but um, whatever you want to call it, it, it's true that the politically correct crowd is uh, tolerant of all viewpoints except for those that they disagree with. Um, in my view, political correctness is nothing more than an invention of the left as a stealth form of censorship. And uh, currently, today, we uh, are being held hostage by the tyranny of political correctness in our land of freedom. Um, 
what irks me the most about this whole debate is that we are finding far too often that we uh, that political correctness is trumping independent thought. And in a democratic society, people have the right to be homophobic just as much as they have the right to support homosexuality. And so if people are basing their views against gays in the Bible, uh, again, this is they have the right of religious freedom to do so. And I think the, the most salient point here with this whole Duck Dynasty controversy is that um, most Christian opponents of gay marriage oppose gay marriage, but they don't oppose the rights of gays to advocate for gay marriage. And that's a very important distinction. Um, but the party of tolerance, as they like to be known, and thug groups such as GLAD increasingly oppose the right of Christians to even argue their side. For them, it's simply quicker and easier to silence the opposition rather than to allow them to, to argue their point. Okay. James, any thoughts on that? Well, um, I can say at least in response to, you know, you know, it is, I agree with Mitch that, you know, um, you can have your own, you, you can have your freedom of thought and you can, you can voice your ideas, but um, you can't do it at the expense of a minority or somebody being oppressed. And what he's doing is basically uh, giving less rights to another group. So I would say, um, yes, you can preach that all you want, but actually um, when you, when you're the voice of an actual uh, a group representing, um, you know, a certain uh, constituency, you kind of have a responsibility to preach the truth and not try to lean towards some political uh, way. And that can go liberal or it can go conservative. Well, well James, and, but I, I'm going to stop you there because your buddy Jesse Jackson, uh, uh, you, you know, you, oh, you yeah, said it, you don't, it shouldn't have to get too back. political. Well, yeah, you, you guys uh, would be on the same wavelength on a lot of issues, not all of them, but... Uh, he stated that Phil's remarks were more offensive than the bus driver who told Rosa Parks she had to move. Um, Democratic leaders have claimed that the, the right has been too difficult to work with in Congress uh, because they've become too extreme or, uh, you know, t uh, basically their rhetoric is too harsh. Um, I think it's kind of hard to work with people, though, when they're saying that you are worse than the bus driver who uh, told Rosa Parks she had to move. Uh, when you, you talk about what your personal religious beliefs are. Are Democrats doing themselves any favors when their leaders like Jesse Jackson are coming out and saying these things? Well, um, I for one can't speak to Jesse Jackson as one of my um, points of influence, one of my points of authority. I would lean more towards a Fareed Zakaria type myself personally. But the fact is, when, uh, when Jesse Jackson did say that, we're also ignoring the fact that um, this this Phil guy, I don't even Phil Robertson. He didn't even uh, you know mention the fact that. Well, uh, actually, what Phil said was that uh, he also said that he uh, never saw African Americans mistreated while growing up in Louisiana. And this is he's an old guy, older guy. He grew up pre civil rights here, and he also said the Nazis just needed Jesus. Now, um, those three things taken together, that's that's a lot of uh, that's a mouthful of controversy right there. Right there, um, and sure, Jesse Jackson um, hasn't been in the spotlight for a while, so I think he uh, decided, just like Reverend Al Sharpton does it, uh, to say something really inflammatory that's that's going to get people riled up and on his side, and uh, keep those donations coming in. But the fact is, to me, um, it's not really a, a Democrat or Republican issue. Really, it's a media issue. It's that we glorify these reality TV stars and give them more thought credit than they deserve. They, you know, we, 
we should question why is he an authority on anything? Why are we caring about this? Why are we making a big deal out of this? And of course, I know you'll retort that we do this the other way too. Um, but the fact is, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of silly how much we overblow it. But um, the fact is, um, Democrats, you know, most Democrats aren't really saying much about this. You can say Jesse Jackson apply it to all Democrats, but most aren't saying inflammatory things like that Rosa Parks, uh, that the comment was more offensive than Rosa, the Rosa Parks, or uh, Rosa Parks being told she had to move. And um, the fact is, when uh, when Republicans, you know, say our number one goal is for Obama to fail so he doesn't get reelected, that's the exact kind of inflammatory stuff that clogs our political system as well. So it really goes both ways here. Okay, um, but I, I think though, when you're looking, at, I mean, and James, this is just you're in response to that point is that sure. uh, you have Republican leaders responding to uh, policy choices from the left by saying, I hope that they don't succeed because I think it's going to be bad for the country. And uh, where and then these are simple nominations that could have gone through very well, quickly. Hold on now. Hold on. Six months. Hold on. See, my point is the Republican leaders are usually re oftentimes, I guess I should say, responding to policy decisions from uh, the White House or the, the Democrats in the Senate, whereas Jesse Jackson, who is uh, arguably a figurehead in your party, much the same as Sarah Palin gets uh, um, you know, in the press for her comments as well. I would give you that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jesse Jackson is, is uh, responding not to a policy decision from the U.S. House of Representatives Republican leadership, but from a, a TV reality TV star, and and they're just—it seems to me the Democratic leaders are so uh, scared of people actually speaking uh, what they want to, you know, just basically using their free speech, saying how they how they feel, yeah, and well, if think, it's different than them. Especially this this topic in particular is one of those that the line has been drawn. This is where you might mention, or you've mentioned the culture war here where once you have one view one way or the other, whether you're uh, against gay marriage or you're pro-gay marriage, right away you're labeled along party lines based on that view. Okay. Um, well, I, uh, another question for you both. Um, President Obama did his best to try and stay out of the issue, stating to media that he does watch the show, but you could clearly tell that he wasn't going to try and get too uh, involved past that. Um, you know, uh, he's had a beer summit in the past. Um, he's, uh, you know, should should he have had a beer summit with Paul or Phil Robertson and Glad is, I guess, uh, one of my questions. I mean, he's he's put himself into uh, the spotlight on several other cultural issues. Um, during the trial on the shooting uh, of Trayvon Martin, he came out and said, well, if I had a son, he would have looked like Trayvon. Um, well, in 2009, he said very similar perhaps not as crass, but uh, similar ideas uh, on his thoughts on uh, gay marriage um, in 2009 that uh, Phil Robertson has just said. Um, so should President Obama, should he have gotten more involved um, or is, you know, just getting involved with reality TV just not his bag? Well, Jake, I'll chime in here. Uh, President Obama actually has gotten uh, thrown his hat in the mix uh, on the Duck Dynasty um, ordeal. He was interviewed by People Magazine very recently, and uh, his direct quote was, uh, quote, the Duck Dynasty family seems like a pretty fun bunch, so I could see how that would be pretty fun. 
Uh, that was uh, how his response. <laughs> wow. It's getting yes. pretty involved, yes. <laughs> yes. So it's he, like talking he's, about he's, picking a side here. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that, that was his response to the question of, of who he'd rather spend the day with, the Duck Dynasty family or Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. So, <laughs> so he well, towed, the, towed the political line there as, as best as he could, and I believe that this quote came out but, before. And it I, is funny, though. It, it seems that President Obama and Michelle Obama, for that matter, they are the, the first – almost reality TV presidents that they want to be, celebrity presidents. You know, we had a movie star president already, you know, of course, Mr. Reagan, God rest his soul. But uh, now we have a rock star president. <laughs> and this rock star president does want to be in the spotlight a lot. And, uh, you know, in more than just political scenes. And it's it's been obvious through his whole presidency, let's face it. Uh, that's uh, I think that's true. Uh, President Obama is going to do whatever is politically expedient for him at the time. Uh, in 2008, Jake, earlier you you were alluding to, to to some statements that Barack Obama made in regards to to gay marriage. Um, I have the direct quotes right here in front of me. Uh, one he said in 2008, candidate Obama said, "quote I believe marriage is the union between a man and a woman. Now, for me as a Christian, it is also a sacred union. God's in the mix." Uh, he has another quote here from 2008 where he says, quote, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. I am not in favor of gay marriage. So that's just a few, couple short years ago that Obama made some pretty strong statements about, um, about on, on this topic, on the topic of gay marriage, that, that yes, granted, they aren't nearly as coarse as what Mr. Robertson had said, but they, uh, they, they do show that he, he agreed with Mr. Robertson's stance just mainly a few years ago. Well, you um, also have to consider like the situation he was in when he said those, just like any politician at the time, he was preaching to a certain constituency with certain values, and he wanted to get them on his team. So, you know, well, maybe he was at a, that, some... I don't think if, that Obama would have... If he was at a GLAD convention, I can assure you he would have never said any oh, of those I, things. Oh, I, I seriously doubt that. And uh, don't forget that President Bill Clinton was the one who enacted DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, to begin with. And now that it's politically expedient, of course, the, the Clintons have done a complete about-face. Under a Republican Congress, right? Even though he was, oh, even Congress, though he was right? the one who signed that, that, the defense, that, that act into law. So, it's true, under a Republican Congress. So that, that's besides the point. That he, he could have vetoed it. <laughs> they they started it. the bill. They crafted the bill. No, President, President Clinton supported, supported DOMA, and he, he signed it during his presidency. He didn't veto so, it, and I'll give so you that. Now, and now he's on a complete flip-flop, and the Democrats can do it. They, they, they can flip-flop as, as much as they like, and the media will well, never as you know, the Democrats used to be the leaders it. of the South, and uh, you know how things have flip-flopped <laughs> over the last 50 years. So, yes, I believe you when you, when I, when you say both parties can flip-flop over the course of literally a decade well i, I think i think we're uh, i think we're straining uh in, in another direction a little bit more here yeah, but sorry. Uh, taking uh, this off topic uh, here <laughs> but i do i do think this is an interesting time when you, uh during the uh democratic uh convention um you remember uh they were discussing uh keeping god in their platform and uh there was there was a lot of uh, controversy about uh you know, a lot of people were shouting that it should not be included, um, and obviously they continue to to uh, uh, keep the rule that uh, God is included in their platform. Are we? Are, is this part of the culture war? I mean, is this kind of a um, you know, the left is nervous when people talk about their religious faith in the public uh, arena, and the right is okay oh, with it? No, I don't. Th those those two things are not mutually exclusive. You've got plenty of gays that wish to stay in the Catholic Church and wish to be in their church group and just be accepted for the, who they are. They, the fact is, in that instance, they accept that God is love and that 
preaching hate is not a uh, well a divine um, attribute. Okay. Yeah, and if you go back and listen and actually read the rest of Phil Robertson's quote, uh, besides the besides just the part that was picked up on in the media, he espouses pretty much exactly that same point. I believe. Okay. Uh, I believe he said, uh, "Quote, who am I?" The, the same thing that the Pope said in his in his acceptance uh, essentially of, 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 of homosexual gay rights. Uh, he Pope's, the Pope himself said, "Who am I to judge?" And Phil Robertson said the same thing basically. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, I guess, you but judge. you know. Uh, <laughs> And yet Jesse Jackson still believes he might as well just be the bus driver uh, that, uh, taking Rosa Parks somewhere. Well, I want to thank you both uh, guys for coming on. Uh, it was an interesting topic, and uh, we'll both uh, hopefully have you guys back again. This has been the very first episode, again, of Always Right. Uh, stick with us. I think you guys are going to like the rest of the program uh, as uh, we keep rolling it out each week. And uh, Mitch, James, thanks, guys, for coming by. Hey, thanks a lot, Jake. Look forward to many more discussions. Jake, thanks for having me. All the best. Thank you.